From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, February 18th. I'm Monique Aiken. Today, I'm joined by David Inc. to talk about Impact Investing's public policy agenda, next week's Agents of Impact call, and the forthcoming SEC rules on disclosure of climate risk and human capital data. Hey, David. Hey, Monique. Lots going on. I see. And Impact Alpha's Dennis Price has a story of an electric new term sheet for a Grammy award-winning founder in Oakland, California. But first, here's what you need to know from the week in impact investing. Climate adaptation has a fund of its own. Investments to help businesses and communities adapt to climate change have long taken a backseat to financing to mitigate global warming. Adaptation represents about 8% of all global climate investing. Nearly all of that comes from public investors. The Lightsmith Climate Resilience Fund has raised $186 million for what they say is the first private equity growth capital fund focused on climate resilience. One of Lightsmith's first investments is in Source Global, based in Scottsdale, Arizona, which makes hydro panels to extract drinking water from vapor in the air. Noticias Boas, Brazil has been a hotbed of deal activity, big and small. First, the small. Favelas Fundos raised $3.8 million to invest in entrepreneurs in the peri-urban comunidades that have grown up around Brazil's major cities. The fund is Entrepreneur Celso Ataiji's latest effort to bring economic opportunities to Brazil's low-income residents. Neon, a neobank that provides credit and other financial services to low- and middle-income Brazilians, got a $300 million investment from the Spanish bank BBVA, which is reaching into Brazil's financially underserved populations. And finally, the Brazilian company Velvet raised $200 million to bring some liquidity to emerging market impact investors, with a secondary market to which owners can sell their early shares as other investors buy in. Iftikhar's second fund raised $15 million for Palestinian tech. The Ramallah-based fund is betting on Palestinian tech entrepreneurs who are building regional and global businesses. Iftikhar's co-founder, Ambar Amle, is this week's featured agent of impact. And you may think eating insects is yucky, but Protix brought in 50 million euros to expand its insect farming business globally. The Dutch company, launched in 2009, uses organic waste to feed black soldier fly larvae, which are then processed into ingredients for animal feed. Impact Alpha subscribers got all of these stories and more in their email each day this week. So hi, David, let's talk policy first, then get to the music. That sound good? That sounds good. It's like uh, eating your vegetables, I suppose. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a bit of a wonk, but um, it's actually gotten interesting, Monique, as we've prepped for this Agents of Impact call next Tuesday on the impact investing policy agenda. We found some real drama and a lot at stake. Our guide has been Fran Siegel and the U.S. Impact Investing Alliance. I think she's an old friend of yours and someone many folks will know. Yeah, Fran's an old friend. We shared the virtual stage at SoCap a few times with our buddy, Kathy Clark of Duke, to discuss the state of the field. So tell us more about the conversation you have planned. Well, Fran put together a rundown of about a dozen planks that the alliance has been working on, some of which they've already achieved, actually, like um, the, the $12 billion in additional financing for community development financial institutions, or CDFIs. They're also working on the modernization of the Community Reinvestment Act, um, especially to give it a more of a racial justice lens. And they're very keen on the what's called the Competes Act in the House. It's called the U.S. Innovation and Competition Act in the Senate, which would boost R&D, unsnarled supply chains, establish regional innovation hubs, 
it all comes under the banner of what some folks are calling supply side impact, kind of a new concept and distinct from the old tax cutting, regulate, deregulate version of supply side economics. Uh, even Janet Yellen is talking about it. Modern supply side economics, in contrast, prioritizes labor supply, human capital, public infrastructure, R&D, and investments in a sustainable environment. These focus areas are all aimed at increasing economic growth while addressing longer-term structural problems, particularly inequality. And of course, disclosure is the hot issue right now and will be our main topic on the call. Ah, disclosure, that old chestnut. Yeah, it's kind of breaking news right now. The SEC was going to be releasing new rules on climate risk disclosure right about now, but they've been held up by an interesting policy kind of strategy debate about how far they can go. The debate is over ostensibly about materiality, how central the climate risks are to a company's financial results. And if the SEC takes a narrow view of it, for example, they might not require disclosure of so-called scope three emissions. Um, I told you I was a wonk. Um, scope three, <laughs> uh, uh, listeners uh, may know, is the follow-on climate impact of that of the use of your product. Like, for example, the gasoline that's burned by all of our cars um, that was produced by an oil company. But the strategic issue is whether the new rules will stand up in court. Uh, which is where agents of impact come in. We'll have Satyam Khanna, who was a senior advisor on ESG and climate at the SEC. Commenting and engaging in, in developing what's called a record for their agency to work off of uh, is important. And having a lot of asset owners, asset managers, companies, even the people who are in this audience commenting and saying, we support this, or you think we should fix the rule this way, or you think you should measure the costs and benefits of the rule this way becomes all the more important in, in, a, in a space where you are likely to face some kind of litigation. And the SEC is also looking at human capital, workers, working conditions, pay equity, right? Yeah, this, there was a 2020 set of regulations, which has turned out to be kind of too vague to be very useful. We'll have Cambria Allen Ratzlaff of the UAW Retiree Medical Benefits Trust. That's the $61 billion fund that pays for the health benefits of auto workers. She also leads something called the Human Capital Management Coalition, which is a couple dozen institutional investors with about $6 trillion in assets, which has been pressing for greater disclosure. As investors, we view human capital as a key production input and an asset that really should be uh, invested and maximized uh, versus a cost to be minimized. And our concern was that it was viewed more as the latter than the former. And also, you know, part of that is because we really didn't have that much information as investors. If you're not asking for it, you're not getting it. And human capital had become a bit of a black box. Uh, so our, our goal was kind of to change that. Well, I'm all for this reframing, workers as assets and not liabilities. Indeed, we've been talking about that on Impact Alpha for a long time, so it'll be good to, to finally get some data. Great. And now let's get to the music. You may have heard of Safe Notes, simple agreements for future equity that reward startup investors with discounts on future shares. Enter Impact Notes, which instead reward founders for creating good local jobs and community wealth. Impact Alpha's Dennis Price has the story of a couple in Oakland building musical instruments used by big-name stars and folks like you and me.
That's Bosco Conte. He's a Grammy award-winning producer. He's also the co-founder of Electrospit, one of the hottest music startups in Oakland. In the clip you just heard, Bosco's playing the Electrospit Talkbox, a wearable musical instrument that electrifies the voice. The Electrospit was featured on Dua Lipa's hit single, Levitating, and has been used in songs by Bruno Mars, Stevie Wonder, and other great artists. Oh, and get this, Electrospit is manufacturing the device right in Oakland, paying good wages with benefits, and has plans to share profits with employees. So, you know, that's where we are, and that's, that was our dream, and that's, I think, one of the reasons that people buy the product. You know, they want to participate in that story. That focus on good jobs and community wealth caught the attention of Oakland nonprofit investment firm ICA. ICA has been pioneering what they call impact notes, an investment structure that returns equity shares to founders as they hit milestones for metrics like local job creation, health benefits, and employee ownership. Electrospit was fundraising to scale up production, and the terms made sense to Conte. ICA came to us and said, hey, we're going to give you better terms as long as you just do what you already said you were going to do. Silicon Valley startup accelerator Y Combinator introduced the SAFE, or Simple Agreements for Future Equity, to quickly get investor money to startup founders. In exchange for fast cash and few terms, investors are rewarded with discounts on future shares or a capped valuation. ICA's John Goh says they saw an opportunity to revamp the deal structure for, well, impact. So we saw what Y Combinator had done with SAFE notes in venture capital. And we thought, well, why don't we create something in the nonprofit world that more embodies what our mission and goals are? Impact notes built on safes are part of a growing roster of so-called impact-linked finance, structures that incentivize and reward founders and sometimes investors for social or environmental outcomes. Bjorn Stroer of German consulting firm Roots of Impact has implemented dozens of impact-linked deals in Latin America, Sub-Saharan Africa, and South Asia. He told me that any financial instrument can be linked to impact. You just need to find the, the variable you can play with. By variable, Stewart means things like interest rates on loans, number of loan payments, or revenues. All can be tweaked to incentivize and reward founders. San Francisco-based Beneficial Returns, for example, forgives the final payments on loans for companies that deliver on impact goals, such as number of solar panels installed in a given time period. In returning equity, to founders, however, ICA is unique. Typically, we don't see this because nobody gives up return voluntarily. ICA's nonprofit structure means it can receive federal funds as well as other philanthropic investment capital. That flexible capital allows it to offer flexible terms to founders. Back in Oakland, it's all upside for Bosco Conte, Electrospit, and the startup's community of artists and engineers. We're showing that it can be done a different way and that you can include the community and you can do it at home if you're strategic and creative. In Austin, Texas, this is Dennis Price. That's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thanks to David, Dennis, and our producer, Isaac Silk. Subscribe to get full access to Impact Alpha and The Daily Brief. Right now, we're offering podcast listeners $100 off their first subscription. Go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe and use the code briefing100. Thank you for listening. I'm Monique Aiken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Make sure to check back for next week's briefing. And until then, take care. <laughs>